Christian sensibility. Welcome to hopefully the first of many of iTunes of all podcasting. iTunes podcast because we're professional now. We've evolved. We are. We've evolved and we're involved. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. And um, to start off this uh, this new little feature, we're going to do one on uh, on sports. Well, the Olympics are coming up, so why not, eh? That's, Indeed. Th- that's a big sport thing. So first of all, Rob, what, what kind of sports do you say you sort of get involved in? Uh, I, I myself, uh, physically and uh, mentally, I'm not, I was not made for sports. <laughs> I'm a skinny, stupid, unfit man. Uh, but I've, I've dabbled, but in, as a kid... In like primary school, and that everyone's done football, or you have to do PE, don't you? But I was yes. obviously terrible at all of them. I was okay at tag rugby, nothing, nothing, no contact sports, <laughs> but because like, I could run quite fast in a straight line, and so that's how you, that's how you win at rugby. You just run really fast in a straight line, and they just can't grab hold of you. So I, I, uh, I remember I used to mainly just sort of skip PE. Mm-hmm. That was that was it. And um, the one lesson I did go to, I got my teeth knocked out by a hockey stick. The one lesson, <laughs> yeah. And I guess from that point on, you've never never looked back not, at sports. Not ever really. Again. I haven't really been a, a pro sporter since then. I don't watch. I don't watch football and stuff like that. I just, I just don't get it. I, don't I, I get it, but I don't understand why people get so involved and go so mental about it. If I do watch a sport, it'll be like F one or boxing. And if I'm taking part in a sport, it'll be golf. Easy, easy, easy done. They're the easy sports. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I I went to my my parents are quite into football, and I remember I went to a football game once and managed to fall asleep. A football game, yeah. Even <laughs> with the chanting and screaming of men, I was so bored. Didn't like it. I mean, no, I went to because I oh, I'm meant to support Birmingham City because my mum supports Birmingham City, and so the family half the family's from. And I have a signed T-shirt from from like the players. I don't know how I uh, like, acquired these things, um, but then I went and saw uh, Plymouth Argyle play Birmingham. But mm-hmm. I live in Plymouth, so I should have supported them. So I sat in the Plymouth like stands. Supporting Birmingham, I didn't want to say it out loud because obviously I would get beaten and mm. raped and all sorts of terrible football-related <laughs> injuries. <laughs> That's what they do, man. That's what I'm they do. I'm not sure. Well, no. there's been a lot of a lot of racial abuse, a lot of a uh, lot of raping in uh, hotel rooms. That's what I know. I'm not going to point any names or fingers. Uh, recently, if you if you don't know, I don't want to be a, bit of a spoiler alert here, but Andy Murray lost, which I think the general consensus there, if he, if he loses, he is therefore Scottish. Is that, is, that, is that how it works? I think everyone uses, oh, if he wins, he's a great... Well, was, was Tim Henman, was, is he, was he English or is he Scottish or is he Irish or what's, what's I Tim think Henman? I think he's very English. I think because Murray got to do something that Tim Henman did and that was lose in a final. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's not bad. Um, but but so in, in, on, on those rules, Andy yeah. Murray is therefore Scottish and there is a, there's a number of, so should we say, stereotypes that go along with that. Um, yeah, that's true. But I was, I was doing a bit of research. Careful, I careful. Know, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> doing research on the whole, on the Scottish thing. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay. And I thought, well, what, what else could he be good at that isn't tennis? Okay, I can see where you're going here. Uh, because, obviously, he, he's tried tennis. Not worth it. No, not really. Like, if you're going to cry live on TV. Yeah, <laughs> come on. You got on Wimbledon, what of it? Like, <laughs> um, so what I found is something that he might actually be quite good at. Okay, let's, okay. let's hear that. It is called Haggis Hurling. Uh, yeah, well, I think, <laughs> I think the name speaks for itself. Haggis Hurling. Haggis Hurling, for those who don't understand Rob's strange accent. Hurling haggises <laughs> off, of, off of what? Uh, well, basically, the competition was set up by a man called Robin Dunseith. Dunseith. Now you think that this? Some people would presume that this is some kind of like ancient tradition in the in the hills of I don't know the, hi- the Highlands, the Highlands of Scotland. Of Scotland. <laughs> um, in fact, no, it was, it was started in two thousand four as a joke. 
Oh, but now but it's now, a Scottish tradition. Now, now it's become a Scottish tradition, and people do it, or like a lot of people do it at festivals, or people do it, and they just spread. So you, you you literally throw a haggis off a bin. Okay, well this this, well, this the other thing is you have to throw it off a whiskey barrel, which is I'm sure is empty. Wait, well now I'm sure it's empty before or after the haggis selling at some point. There, there, is, there is not a, there is a single full barrel of whiskey in Scotland. <laughs> oh no, but I think this is an amazing sport. I mean, the haggis has to weigh five hundred grams, and the the, the, the record okay. um, was something like two hundred and seventeen feet. Is that is that far? Let's, how <laughs> far far could you hurl a haggis? <laughs> uh, that's not some kind of question I want to ask the listeners because I start throwing at the building. So, would you, how would you do it? Go about it? Would you shot put it, or would you like underarm it, or like, over? How would you? How would you do? How would I do it? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I haven't got much upper body strength. You just want to, you just want to push on a, well, yeah, want a shot putt. Is it shot putt? Yeah, it's, it's sort of like a haggis. It's like a haggis is sort of like a soft shot putt. That's yes. how it works. <laughs> haggis selling <laughs> is like soft shot putting. Well, um, today's amazing places was going to be Glasgow, the hometown of Mum's favourite Andy Murray. But after another horrific defeat by uh, for our emotionless sporting hero, I thought no. You had your chance, Britain, and you blew it. So instead, we're celebrating a city in the country of Switzerland. The home country has seven again, shall we? Uh, Zurich is the largest city in Switzerland and is sometimes referred to as downtown Switzerland, a sort of rebrand attempt to get in touch with the kids. But don't worry, you don't have to learn some new yodel-heavy language because the Swizzles, as the town folk like to be called, mostly speak German, which if, it, uh, which, if a certain Austrian vegetarian had his way, would be our native tongue anyway. Uh, not sold? Yeah, well, uh, if you're lucky, you might see the voice herself, Miss Tina Turner, because yes, Zurich is her hometown. Or, if you're lucky, you might see the raspberry-blowing white-haired wonder that is Albert Einstein, who attended the University of Zurich, where he later became a professor. But you'll be very lucky to see him tacking into a meringue. But take a camera anyway, because if you stop, if you maybe catch a snap, you might be able to sell it to Heat Magazine for a few bob. Uh, is this city big? Well, I, I just don't have the leg muscle anymore that I used to. Well, calm your cuckoo clocks, because my friend... Public transport is extremely popular in Zurich, and its inhabitants use it in large numbers. Not enough information? You want to hear more about public transport? Well, frankly, I haven't got the time, but you will on your trip to the city. So why not stop off at Zurich's famous tram museum? The tram museum is located in Bergweis, in Zurich's eastern suburbs, and chronicles the history of Zurich's iconic tram system. Not exciting enough for you? Well hop off that land ferry and stop off at the House Constructive, uh, Zurich's very own concrete museum. <laughs> you've, been, you've been having you've, you've been having a lot of fun. You, you've completely lost track of time. But what's that? You've had to pawn off your wristwatch to buy a third sample of concrete for your friends at home. I said calm down because the Church of St. Peter has the largest church clock face in the world. You've done coaches, clocks and concrete. And it's, it's evening now and you fancy something a little more civilised. Well, thank God you've come to this city because Zurich has high calibre chamber and symphony orchestras and several important theatres. Oh, you're not into that sort of thing and you've only gone and packed your party lederhosen, then I know, I know the place for you. On the second Saturday of August, Zurich hosts the Street Parade on the side of Lake Zurich, where you can dance to techno beats all day long. You see, Zurich is not just a tax dodging bank accounts and clinics where you can take an elderly relative for the long sleep. So please, do me a favour and visit Zurich. <laughs> Like I said, uh, I do enjoy a bit of F1. Uh, Sebastian Vettel, my favourite of all the races, but obviously you're not. You don't. You're not. Do you think a motorised fan? No, I think it's because I can't drive. Oh, I can't drive, but I think like if I'm gonna, if I was to drive anything, it would have to be a slinky, fast uh, F1 sports car. A slinky. Yeah, I like to think of them as slinky. Okay. Not a slinky. You can't oh, right. ride a slinky. Although that would be quite a cool. Like, I can imagine Disney making a ride out of that. 
They oh, made, they, yeah. They made a ride. How would that work, though? Would you be like, in a, you'd be in a ball inside a slinky and then, like, roll down some stairs? That'd be a lot of stairs, though. Or it'd be a spinner. You'd spin down it, like, like Space Mountain. But based on a slinky. Based on a slinky. There we go. <laughs> Big idea. Sold. But, um, yeah, well, I'm at a spot that you might be into because I know how much you love toilets. Um, right, okay. Basically, a woman uh, is, uh, what's she doing? She, uh, she's the fastest motorised toilet racer on Earth. Stuntwoman Jolene Van Voot. Like V-U-G-T, I have no idea. Uh, left plenty of skid marks after setting a new Lansbury record on a motorised toilet. What have you to say about that? Um, what a shit job. Uh, um, no, why would you go? That's a good idea. I know, I know. John, I've got an idea. Let's make up a new form of racing that's really going to get the pundits in, going to sell a lot of shares. I know, toilet racing. If you're going to motorise anything what would, to turn to a, a car, what would, what would it be? Uh, I love a bath. Would you bath in it as you I'd go? Bath in it, yeah. Probably go for it. Um, maybe even some kind of. So that's a comfy armchair. What else do they do? Have wheelchairs? Are they that padded though? They're just sort of a bit of plastic. I suppose. I've heard of uh, lawnmower racing. Yeah, but they're already motorized. I, I would like a lawnmower, like in an advert way, like you sit on a lawnmower and the blades are spinning so fast that you fly up in the air. So it's like that, an upside down helicopter sort of situation. That would be the most dangerous form of transport. But yeah, like with the blade on top, like I kind of kind of make sense. But a blade underneath, imagine landing accidentally. <laughs> well, our mate Harris, when he um he was going to mow the lawn, and so he started trying to pull his lawnmower. It went, it like the blades went, and then when he looked underneath, he destroyed and killed the whole family of mice. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! I know. I, I I wouldn't. I, I I kind of I hate the whole fox hunting thing as well. Like talking about animal deaths, there. Yeah. I can't. I can't really abide the fox hunting thing. I don't know. Oh, it's all right. I reckon as long as I don't, as long as I don't let the dogs destroy it with their teeth. As long as you shoot it in the back of the head, that'd be all right, wouldn't it? That's yeah, because I think a friend of ours is a farmer, and he gets these dogs to try and root out badgers. And oh, the badgers are evil bastards! I got chased by a badger when I was younger. Exactly. Well, then you should be like they, they destroy cars. I've like my mates have driven into them in the lanes and they had their like bumpers ripped off and stuff because they're like so. so you can't stamp on a badger skull and destroy it. Like they are evil little. Now, buggers. has that been tested on MythBusters? I would like to hope so. Oh God! Can you imagine a little buried tit just like I don't know what that is. Just stamping on rodents to see what they can destroy. <laughs> no, I reckon. No, no, I reckon. I no, I think I could take a badger. I don't know. Maybe, uh, I don't know. If you stamped on its neck, snap its neck, maybe. Rip its eyes out with your thumbs. What animal do you think you couldn't take in a fight? Well, like an elephant. No, I mean like something that's similar size to you or something a bit smaller. Well, I don't think I could take a whore. A lot of animals. Like, all right, supposedly, right, on how to kill animals, if a dog attacks you, you meant to like grab its front legs and rip its chest open. Sorry, you just said how to kill animals. Is that a website? No, that's no, that's I, I'm just, maybe I should start a website. It's probably a website on how to get animals. You know, there's some sick, terrible things on the interweb. So the dog you meant to rip its chest open. You meant rip its chest open, just like grab its front legs and rip it open, and its chest all flops out, and then it's dead. Well, like a clam or a prawn. Yeah, like if you if you're opening up a prawn, but, but <laughs> oh, it's a, fu- a furry barking prawn. <laughs> someone someone has tweeted us in or tweeted us in. Tweeted, not tweeted. Uh, but basically, Liza Spurt is her name, and she writes two words: chess boxing. What? I, she's, <laughs> two, only two words. No explanation. Just chess boxing. Okay. What I'm going to do is you're going to do the you're going to do the travel. Okay. Oh God, yeah. Um, and whilst whilst I'm doing that, whilst yeah. you're doing the travel, I'm going to research chess boxing. Okay. Okay. Deal. Let's see if we can do this. Okay. Professional radio. Go team. Go. Travel. Right. <laughs> 
in those brief seconds, I managed to research chess boxing. Muscle up. Is it muscle, muscle up? I don't know. I don't know. That, was, that was tough, okay? Now, right. combining brains and brawn. This is okay, what I'm reading. Nice. Directly the computer, okay? <laughs> uh, first of all, coming up, there's the fourth Berlin Championships in chess, chess boxing. It's being held this month. So, oh, this month? So if you're in where? Berlin? In Berlin. If you're in Berlin and you're around there on the 28th of July... <laughs> In the newly opened Platoon Hall in Berlin Mitt, you, uh, can, you can go and do some chess boxing. Now, uh, how? <laughs> what do you do? Basically, what do you do? From what I can tell, bear in mind, I have, I've only just researched this. Okay. This is fresh off the computer screen. Hot. Oh, hot off the press. Um, basically, uh, the, the sport is advertised with this tagline, Fighting is done in the ring and waged away, wars are waged on the board. Oh, nice. Now, okay. Basically, I think it's about 11 rounds... It measures okay. their strength and intelligence. They alternate between chess and boxing. So, <laughs> well, basically what you want to do is, you, cause you could be an absolute idiot, right? But you could be really good at boxing. And then all you've got to do is just one swift, like, smack to the chin. And if you <laughs> knock them out, then you, you are won. not only a boxing champion, but you're also a chess champion as well. I can't really see Mike Tyson doing this that much. I, I, I could. Yeah. I'd like to. <laughs> um, but ba- uh, the, the thing is, right. it starts with a four-minute chess round. Okay. Followed by a two-minute boxing round. So, do, what if you? Don't, what if there are no checkmates? So, do do you have to check? <laughs> do you have to checkmate to get to the next round? Was checkmate or chinmate? checkmate or knockout? Yeah. <laughs> um, and if basically, if you are in Berlin, yeah. I'm going to really advertise this: the Berlin Chess Boxing Championship 2012, 2012, 2012, is on Saturday, the 28th of July, at 8 p.m. in Platoon Kunstall Right, well, yeah. I can't pronounce German. Um, you, can, you can book your tickets for 15 euros. That's not including travel fees or hotel, by the way. Um, or you can go to the website, which is www.cbcberlin.de. Do you have advertised it? Well, I might, I might just get a flight over there, a cheap one, to go see <laughs> chess. Remember, checkmate or knockout. But someone else has got in contact with the show. Someone's oh, tweeted us. A little, okay. little tweet. Who's this from? Uh, Big Ted 42. Oh, Big Ted. Might be a lie. I don't know. Might be quite short. Who knows? Um, he's sent us a little message about ferret legging. What? Ferret legging? Well, what is... What is <laughs> ferret legging. Also known as put them down and ferret down trousers. So, so basically, <laughs> this is a sport. Yep. What do you have to... Like, how do you win? Basically, I, I, it originated in Yorkshire... Of course. I didn't know that was the hometown of the ferret. Oh, yeah, no, well, it is. Where are ferrets from? Yorkshire. Yorkshire? What? <laughs> That's ridiculous. Um, and basically, it's an endurance test or the stunt which which ferrets are trapped in pants by the participant. I imagine they win by what? the person who has it in the on, trousers on the, on the longest. longest. Um, what do ferrets, what do they eat? What is there? Do they eat bugs? Uh, human flesh? I don't know, really. Well, you got to hope not. Well, I don't know, because, like, I, I'm, I'm going to be blunt about this. Like, <laughs> I'm not putting a ferret anywhere near my Johnson. Like, I don't want to put it down there. This is that right, okay. For, for hurling a haggis, as far as you can, like, feet of strength, I understand that. Chest boxing, brains and brawn, but putting an, a rodent down your pants for the longest, that's, that's not sport to me. That's torture, that poor animal. <laughs> I think, it's, I think it's, a, it's a nice idea for a sport, though. It's kind of funny, isn't it? What well, they should do is you put a ferret down in trousers, then they have to run, and you release, like, the hounds. And it's kind of like fox hunting, but there's a ferret in your pants. Um, and uh, like, we'd like to sort of recommend that you do not try ferret legging. Do not put a ferret anywhere near your pants or in, inside your trousers or anything like that. It's dangerous <laughs> for both you and the ferret. <laughs> I've been reading about a man who probably, maybe not ferrets, but will certainly have a lot of... Cats. Animals, yeah, animals. Uh, I've I've dubbed him Catman John. 
It's gonna be really bad. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's um, not, that was a scat. <laughs> nothing like a cat. Um, it is about this man is he's an Israeli man has divorced his wife after she refused to get rid of five hundred and fifty cats she brought back to their home. She oh in one uh, like evening. <laughs> I've got a surprise, honey. <laughs> oh, is it lingerie? Is it my favourite meal? No, it is five hundred. It's a feline house. According to the Times of Israel, the man told the court that in, in the Israeli town of Beersheba that there were so many cats in the house that he was unable to sleep at night. Well, they'll be mewing, won't they? Well, be, or they're doing that weird thing when like cats are flirting outside your window and they're like... Right, so uh, sport-wise, we've both established that we know nothing about sport. Yeah, not really, no. Um, and neither of us are physically qualified to do sport. We haven't got a license for sport. I'll I mean, I used, to, I used to, to swim, but then I had an asthma attack and lost in a, uh, a little uh, competitive motion. You, you what? what I was, I was in a race and then I had an asthma attack and lost. I can't. I, that was the only thing I could do, swimming. But now I'm oh, terrible. I think asthma attack in the water. That's, that's not a thing. It happens a lot. I get cramp a lot in the water. That's the worst thing when your leg goes spasmin. <laughs> spasmin? Yeah, when your legs get all... Men- yeah, cramps are the worst thing. Like Footballers who have been like paid millions and train every single day, they, as soon as they get a cramp, that's it. They're out they're out of the match for like... But they get rest. paid too much as it is, though, don't they? Let's not get started on that. <laughs> Thank you much for listening. Uh, if you want to subscribe, you can do. And that is on the uh, the, web- web- on the raw web feed. You'll see shortly above the podcast. Thank you very much. Cheers, everyone. Have a good one. Bye.